The church is serving its community. People are being saved. Miracles are being performed. And then Stephen is accused. He's stoned. And today we are praying about the aftermath of his death and what that meant for the early church and what it means for us. Welcome, I'm Michelle Berkey, and this is Praying Scripture, a weekday broadcast where we use God's own words to honor Him and to talk to Him about the things going on in our life and in our world. Join me today for episode 109, and let's pray together through Acts chapter 8. But before we do that, let's open with a bit of worship. And today, our verses for that are Acts chapter 8, verses 32 and 33, and 39. So 32, 33, and 39. And this is what they say. Now, the scripture passage he was reading was this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb is silent before its shearer, so he does not open its mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who will describe his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. Now we'll get to some context for this in the verses below. But from this verse, we're going to worship Jesus as our Savior, as our sacrificial lamb. Acts 8, 39 says, When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and that Enoch did not see him any longer, but went on his way rejoicing. So let's jump into it. Let's pray. Thank you for this opportunity, Father, to come together this morning in prayer. I kind of always feel like I'm thanking you for this opportunity to do this in general, but I'm thanking you today for this specific morning, this specific time, and we set it aside and give it to you. I ask that you would do with it what you want done, but we want to start this process by worshiping you. Jesus, we worship you as the sacrificial lamb that made payment for my sins. For all the sins of those who are listening, all the ones we've committed in the past, all the ones that we will ever commit, and we are so grateful. We honor you for that, for the the courage and the sacrifice and the love that it took to be slaughtered on our behalf, because that's exactly what happened. You were unjustly killed, and you did that for me, and I so appreciate that. And we also want to honor you, Spirit, for your power at work in our world. When Philip came out of the water after baptizing the eunuch, he was carried away. He was like taken from that place and transported to another place. And that's amazing. Your work in this world is so much more amazing than we give pause to think about usually. So I honor you today for your power and your your love that keeps you, <laughs> that keeps you here, your love for us that keeps you working in our world. I'm so grateful for that today. In Jesus' name, amen. Acts chapter 8. Today we're reading and praying through the 8th chapter in Acts. And last week we prayed through Stephen's story. Today we pick up right after his death. He had been stoned by members of the Sanhedrin and probably other devout Jews. The followers of Jesus, or as we'll see this week, the followers of the way, had been flourishing. They had been growing and doing good in the community, performing signs and wonders, and this made people jealous. That, in Stephen's case, resulted in a mock trial and Stephen's death. That affected the early church. Today, we're going to pray through three stories about how, how it impacted the early church. We have stories of Simon and of Philip and the Ethiopian 
eunuch. So I'm going to read, pray, read, pray today. I'm going to do it story by story. So we'll have a big chunk of scripture and then a prayer, a big chunk of scripture three times. So here we go. Chapter eight. Saul agreed with putting him to death. Now, this was Stephen. He had been present at Stephen's stoning. Remember, people had laid garments at his feet. The beginning of chapter 8 starts with Saul agreed with putting him to death. On that day, a severe persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout the land of Judea and Samaria. Devout men buried Stephen and mourned deeply over him. Saul, however, was ravaging the church. He would enter house after house, drag off men and women, and put them in prison. So those who were scattered went on their way preaching the word. Philip, now as an aside, Philip was one of the seven that were chosen to oversee the food distribution, so one of the group that Stephen was also in. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah to them. The crowds were all paying attention to what Philip said as they listened and they saw the signs that he was performing. For unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed, so there was great joy in that city. Let's pray. Father, your church was flourishing. People got jealous. There was opposition and then persecution. We have that cycle again, and we see it come around again in the beginning of these verses, and we see Saul persecuting the church, dragging people off to prison, and your people were scattered. The result of Stephen's death was that your people were scattered across the region. I think about all the things that we don't understand, all the hardships that come that we don't know why they happen. We don't understand why they happen. And I look at the early church and this persecution. Stephen's death is not something anyone would have wished for. Stephen's death isn't anything that the community would have wanted. It was hardship. And the persecution that came after it was hard. And people moved. They left. They had to They had to disperse and to scatter across to other places. I'm sure that they did not look at that as a plus. I'm sure that they considered that a conflict, scary, disturbing. Why is this happening? But what it accomplished in the good of the church, one of the things it accomplished was spreading your word to different places outside of Jerusalem. And I pray that as we think about these things in our life that don't make sense, as we're faced with even small opposition or opposition that moves us into a place that's not comfortable, into a place that's unfamiliar, as an opposition that moves us out of our comfort zone, so to speak. Pray that we would remember that you work things for the benefit of your kingdom, that you are concerned with the spread of your word, that people would hear, and that sometimes it takes us moving to a place of unfamiliarity and sometimes alone for that to happen. And I, I ask you to bring this to mind, bring this story to mind in the times that we don't understand why circumstances are happening, but that we are reassured by this story that things are ultimately for our good. That places like Samaria, places where people, the Jews were an enemy of, that they were gifted with your word and your spirit. Here's a story in Samaria as we move on through this passage. A man named Simon had previously practiced sorcery in that city and amazed the Samaritan people while claiming to be somebody great. They all paid attention to him from the least of them to the greatest, and they said, this man is called the great power of God. They were attentive to him because he had amazed them with his sorceries for a long time. But when they believed Philip, as he proclaimed the good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and 
and women were baptized, and even Simon himself believed. And after he was baptized, he followed Philip everywhere. He was amazed as he observed the signs and the great miracles that were being performed. And when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. After they went down there, they prayed for them so the Samaritans might receive the Holy Spirit because he had not yet come down on any of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also, so that anyone I lay hands on may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter told him, May your silver be destroyed with you, because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. You have no part or share in this matter, because your heart is not right before God. Therefore, repent of this wickedness of yours and pray to the Lord, if possible, your heart's intent may be forgiven. For I see you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by wickedness. Pray to the Lord for me, Simon replied, so that nothing you have said may happen to me. So after they had testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they traveled back to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel in many villages of the Samaritans. That is Simon's story. Let's pray through that. Father, there are so many people that believe, and yet their heart is not right with you. Simon believed. He was baptized. He trusted you as his savior, but his heart was not right with God. The words were right. The actions were right. He was following Philip around, observing what he did, but his heart was not right with you. So I ask that in our lives, if that happens, that we are doing the Christian thing, talking the Christian talk, acting the Christian actions, but our heart is not right with you, and we are bound by wickedness, that you would bring about our realization of that, that you would speak to us about it, that you would use other people to speak into our lives about it, that you would give us discernment to see that that's happening. Father, I ask you to keep us from that place, protect us from that situation. Help us never see your work as something that we can do for our own our own glory. He had practiced sorcery and claimed to be great and loved the people's attention. He believed God. He was baptized in your name, Jesus, but he didn't understand. And he still wanted to do the things that would bring attention to him. He was poisoned by bitterness and bound by wickedness. Keep us from that place, Father. Help us realize if we are making steps on that path and bring us back to a heart that is completely right with you. Amen. One more section. An angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, Get up and go south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is the desert road. So he got up and went. There was an Ethiopian man, a eunuch, and a high official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of her entire treasury. He had come to worship in Jerusalem and was sitting in his chariot on his way home, reading the prophet Isaiah aloud. The spirit told Philip, go and join that chariot. When Philip ran up to it, he heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you're reading? How can I, he said, unless someone guides me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. The scripture passage he was reading was this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb is silent before its shearer, so he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who will describe his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. The eunuch said to Philip, I ask you, who is the prophet saying this about, himself or someone else? 
Philip proceeded to tell him the good news about Jesus, beginning with that scripture. As they were traveling down the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, there's water. What would keep me from being baptized? So he ordered the chariot to stop. Both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him any longer, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip appeared in Azotus, and he was traveling and preaching the gospel in all the towns until he came to Caesarea. Father, this I love this story, and I'm not even sure why. I probably should dig into that with you. I so appreciate Philip's obedience and sensitivity to your word. You said, go over and, and hang out at that chariot. Go chase down that chariot. And he did. Didn't ask a question. Didn't say, I don't know, that guy's part of a huge entourage. He's like treasurer of all of Candace, the queen's wealth. And I, I, yeah, I don't know if I could do that or not. Should I even, I wouldn't want to talk to him. But no, he just ran up to the chariot. He did. He obeyed immediately. Give me the discernment and the obedient heart to obey immediately and to listen for your voice. To hear it and obey it. Hear it and obey it. I also love that then he entered into that situation. He asked the eunuch questions about what he was reading. He got into his situation. He entered into that environment, not so much as, hey, God said I need to come and share my knowledge. He started asking questions. He entered into the conversation where the eunuch was. Pray that we would do that in our community as well. When we are entering into relationship with people in our community, whether we know them or don't know them, that we enter at their level, that we show an interest in what they're doing, that we talk to them, ask them questions, that we aren't, he didn't run up and tell him the news. He entered into the conversation at the place where the eunuch was, and he told him about Jesus. He didn't not speak of you. I pray that you would open our mouth and give us the situations and the obedience and insight to know when those situations are ones where we should speak of your sacrifice, the gift of God. So then the eunuch responds immediately, right? I want to be baptized. Let's do it. And so Philip does. They come out of the water. The eunuch is rejoicing. And Philip is taken away to another place where he continues to minister to the people around him. Certainly that's amazing. I mean, I said that before, right? I find that awe-inspiring, God. The fact that you could, your spirit, you could actually move me to Arizona in the blink of an eye. That you could do that. That you've done that in the past. But that Philip wasn't just like, wow, that was amazing. I'm just going to stop and celebrate that for a while. I'm sure he celebrated. And I'm sure he was astounded, but he just went on his way doing his thing. He just kept doing his thing, kept ministering in your name. Like, help not keep us camped on the work that you have done in the past, but keep us focused on what you want to do next. Thanks for this passage. Thanks for these stories of the early church and for the desire that they bring up in me for the church today to be ministering in your power with your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. I so appreciate it. If you're watching the broadcast on the Grace and the Gravel Road Facebook page, I am so grateful you're here. We'll be back again Wednesday. This is Monday. We'll be back Wednesday at 10 o'clock. I would love to have you join me again. We'll see you back then. If you are a podcast listener, because this is recorded and put out as a podcast, 
I am so grateful for your participation that way as well. Your subscribing to the show goes really far in helping others learn that it exists. So that would be greatly appreciated. We come with a heart that knows that God is going to do work in you as he does work in me. My deepest desire is that you will fall deeper in love with the God who gave us the words that we're praying. Amen. Amen.